a member of the DATC media family. This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Humphreys McGee. Each episode will feature a rotating schedule of insightful show recaps, interviews with members of Team UM, as well as musicians who have been inspired by the band. This is your place for the latest news and happenings in the world of Humphreys McGee, keeping you informed on what's going on or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah J. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I'm your host, Sarah J. I hope that you were able to check out the last fresh episode from two weeks ago, where I broke down the shows on April 27th at the Windjammer in Isle of Palms, South Carolina. April 28th at Greenfield Lake Amphitheater in Wilmington, North Carolina. April 29th at Johnny Mercer Theater in Savannah, Georgia. And April 30th at Avondale Brewing Company in Birmingham, Alabama. There is a link in the show notes where you can check that out if you missed it. This week on the show, I am very excited to welcome Matt, Lauren, and Benji the hosts of the newest show on the DATC Media Company Network, the much-obliged podcast, A Yellow Balloon Experience. The first episode of that dropped on Monday, May 29th, and their second episode dropped yesterday, June 5th, if you're listening to this episode, when it airs on June 6th. You can check that out anywhere you podcast, or there is a link in the show notes. I will also link in the show notes the first time Benji was a guest here on this show, back on episode 101. And also, if you're not familiar, in Crooked Conversations, the digital and print publication from DATC Media, there is always a yellow balloon submission in each issue where a member of the community shares their sobriety story. If you're interested in checking out Crooked Conversations, head to patreon.com slash DATC Media Company to check out how to snag a subscription. Past issues in the digital format are available at DATCmediacompany.com. In my chat with this power trio, we talk about the history of the yellow balloons, how it has grown and evolved over the years and the formation of the Much Obliged group. They talk about the Zoom meetings that started during the pandemic and hosting tables at a show. You guys will get to know each of the hosts a little better, learn more about their new show, and a whole bunch more. This is a project that Benji and I chatted about a year and a half ago, I want to say. And I learned during my conversation with Benji and Lauren and Matt that she was also thinking of this and it all kind of cosmically was happening at the same time, kind of behind the scenes, which I absolutely love that. And it's so awesome to finally see it all come to life. And like I mentioned in the episode, it's not only really awesome getting to work on something creative with Benji and bring this vision to life. 
but to bring this podcast to the community. It's going to be very, very special. And like I also say in my conversation with them, the submission in the Crooked Conversations issues is the most talked about feature of the magazine. I get the most feedback on that, how much people really love those submissions, how much of an impact reading people's sobriety stories made on them. And so I'm very excited to bring this podcast to the community. This is such an awesome and powerful episode. Very excited for everyone to hear this one. Hey, Carl, guess what? What, man? Not only is there a Patreon for Dropped Among This Crowd Media, which already is a great way to support, but for those who are getting cold feet and not sure, there's now a 14-day trial. You can see some of the benefits that you get at the Oh, Patreon. shut the front door. Some conversations that you don't get on the show. Will and I are about to record a football one. Actually, Carl and I are uh, recording longer and longer interviews. I don't know if they're all going to make the podcast. Mm. But you will always be able to find the full version of the interview. It's a good problem to have. On Patreon, yes. We can talk. We've been talking to some talkers. Yeah, that's for sure. But, you know, there's going to be more more content more and more benefit and gosh dang it just helps sarah create more podcasts there's so many things on the back burner and sherman will be with us every day right sherman sherman's nibbling on my knee right now i miss my birdie <laughs> and as always thank you sarah i tell you carl there's a lot of people out there who have either band or or they have a business or they're an artist and then mm -hmm. you know they're looking to reach this music loving traveling music fan mm -hmm. kind of world which can be elusive yes they're dreamers yes like-minded people what better way than through dropped among this crowd if you want to if you want to if you have a podcast you want to create mm -hmm. sarah can provide a platform she can apply she can provide um, promotion on social media she can provide an engineer um or if you want to advertise or if you have any big idea particularly with the artists mm -hmm. you want to email sarah at d atcmediacompany.com She can provide, again, a platform for your podcast, social media promotion. Uh, she can even provide an engineer. Because folks, you know, you want to reach fellow Humphreys fans or jam fans or music industry people or musicians or just people who love music and travel for it or, as in the case of Stu on this, mm -hmm. foodies. Mm -hmm. Music-loving foodies. That's right. And if y'all need any help with recipes, you need to get a hold of me. Yeah, you need to get Carl directly. But if you want stuff with promotion and social media savvy and a podcast platform, you want to email Sarah at DATCmediacompany.com. Sarah at DATCmediacompany.com. Correct. You want to know how to peel and cut an onion? You talk to me. That's Carl. You want to put out a podcast? You want to put out some material, some artistic expressions that that you want to get paid for, you contact Sarah J. And if you have old cassettes that you don't know what to do with, you send them to me, Rob Turner. <laughs> Here is my chat with Matt, Lauren, and Benji, hosts of the Much Obliged podcast, A Yellow Balloon Experience. I'm really excited to be chatting with you guys and, and to have this podcast on the network and to finally be able to work on something with Benji creatively. It's it's going to be cool to to do that. So thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're glad to be here. So and I guess 
we'll just start with each of you taking a little bit of time to introduce yourselves and, you know, just let everybody get to know you a little better. Go ahead and, and go around whichever way you want to and take some space to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about you. You want to start, Benji? Sure. Sure. Um, so uh, my name is Benji. I'm a uh, Professionally, I'm a commercial real estate broker in Detroit, and um, I've been a music fan for as long as I can remember, um, and uh, got involved in the, call it jam band music, live music scene in the late 90s, um, you know, when my friend Josh Becker introduced me to Fish in like 10th grade, and um, I haven't looked back since. Um, like many of us, uh, I found myself in the throes of addiction and, uh, realizing that what I was doing for a good time and for fun was no longer a good time and was no longer fun. And I didn't have any control of that anymore. And so, um, I decided that I would needed to get sober. Uh, I had a couple of, uh, you know, life-changing moments of clarity. Uh, and so I, started working on that and didn't go so well uh but uh labor day mow down of 2004 was when i um had my final hurrah and uh got sober um actually right around the time i started seeing umphreys mcgee uh, i think i actually think my first umphreys show was at mow down um the year before and um I was lucky enough to be part of the initial group of people along with Michelle and Roger and a few others, uh, Josh, and I'm naming people who, Sarah, you may not know, but Lauren and Matt do, um, who kind of looked at the yellow balloon scene in 2009 and said, the Wharf Rats are great and the Fellowship is great and Happy Hour Heroes are great, but we should be doing this for Umphreys. And so... Um, they said, hey, does anybody want to be involved? And I raised my hand and said, I would love to. And I've uh, been involved with the with the much obliged community since 2009. And uh, just grateful for the opportunity to have been, you know, part of that conversation for so long. Um, and Lauren will tell you how the Zoom meetings started. Uh, but when when that all went down, we said, in addition to the sort of fellowship side of of the meetings, we want to make sure that there's also a um, some literature and some speaker meetings, just some some other flavors of meetings uh, for people who want um, you know different texture. Um, and that evolution of the speaker meeting now it's been a little over three years and is has turned into this podcast. So I think there's a lot more information than you were looking for for an initial initial intro. Lauren's like, shut up, stop talking. So <laughs> I'm gonna pass. Yeah, Benji, we're now telepathic because that's exactly what I was just thinking. <laughs> I saw that. That's the beauty of Zoom is I can see your face while we're talking. <laughs> No, I think, I mean, I think that was great. I thought that was perfect. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Lauren. Why don't you go next? Yeah. Um, so my name is, is Lauren. I am an alcoholic and 
a jaw junkie and a foul and a D bag and a tea bag. I like to say all of them because it's really fun to say all of the yellow balloon groups like at once. <laughs> um, but any sort of yellow balloon affiliated group I um, consider myself a part of. Um, I uh, work for a tech company uh, by day and by night I'm a mom and a fiance and a maid and a cook and all the things. Um, and so I'm originally from Southern California and uh, I lived in Northern California for 10 years. And then I lived in Denver for a year and now I uh, reside in Gulf Shores, Alabama, um, which is like a really big part of my story. But um, to keep it short, uh, I fell in love with fish in 2003 i was a junior in high school the first time i heard their music it was a full-blown spiritual experience i was like what is this it was like i it was like i was hearing something that made me feel more at home than anything else ever had uh i felt like i had heard it before but i hadn't it felt very familiar like the hair stood up on the back of my neck i mean it was and i was sober <laughs> at this time i was like i mean i was probably like you know, I might have smoked some weed and like my, you know, after school or something, but I was at my friend's house in his room when he played it. And I was like, from then on, um, it has been just a monumental part of my life. And uh, so I, you know, I went deep and heavy. Um, I stopped, you know, music as much as I could. Um, even, you know, when Fish broke up, I was doing, you know, seeing Phil and Friends and String Cheese and Humphreys and like anyone I could. And and as we all here all know, um, along with seeing live music, uh, there is, you know, a really, really, it's, a, it's just a big party scene. And I ran with that. Um, and, uh, and for a long time, I, um, I just would, went hard and then it was fun until it wasn't anymore. Um, and, and it was, it, it's like, I almost feel like the jamming scene, it, it, you know, it, I used to kind of like blame it for, for who I had become because I was like, well, you know, I'm just going to all these shows. And of course I'm going to be an alcoholic and a drug addict if I'm going to see this music all the time. You know, it's not how it works. It's, that's who I am by nature. But, um, but, but when I got sober, um, I was, I was scared and I was devastated because I thought I wasn't going to be able to see live music anymore. And it was such a big part of my identity. It was like who I was um, above all else. And I had like, I knew about yellow balloon groups. So I didn't really know um, too much, but I was like, yeah, so I guess I can't see music anymore, you know? And then, um, and then I, I went to a fish show in like 2018 and I went to the table and uh, I was like, Oh, you guys do meetings here. And Oh, there's a lot of people. And um, I, I started, you know, like in a little bit more and, um, and it blew my mind. Like the fact that these yellow balloon groups existed, the fact that there were so many people that were supportive or that were sober and were supportive of other people being sober. I was just like, um, it was, it was like beyond something I could really comprehend at the time. Um, and I started 
you know, going to shows and I, I got comfortable going to shows with the yellow balloon groups and then COVID happened and, uh, about, about two years into my sobriety and, uh, me and another girl, uh, Jen D, um, one day when like, you know, it was like mid-March and all of the in-person meetings were shutting down. I mean, the world was shutting down, but in-person meetings were shutting down and we were like, we should do a zoom meeting. And like 30 people came and it was a huge success. And um, we have had that meeting every single day. We just celebrated our three anniversary. Um, that's how I met Benji. That's how I met Matt. That's how I met my fiance, who um, I moved to uh, Alabama for from Denver. I've met some of my best friends on that meeting. And it has been at that time, it was, it was such a lifeline and such a crucial part of um of staying sober and, uh, for me and, and, um, yeah, it's just such a beautiful thing that this exists. And, uh, it, I know it's helped so many people it's, it's saved lives. It's, it's, it's helped people, you know, be able to go to see music and, and feel comfortable and safe. And, um, it's just, uh, I, I'm so grateful to be a part of it. So, um, that was a little bit longer also. I'm seeing it in your face now, Benji, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, my name is Matt. Um, I am an alcoholic and an overall yellow balloon enthusiast is a term I've heard recently that I, I enjoy. Um, I grew up in rural, semi-rural Massachusetts, about an hour, an hour and a half outside of Boston. Um, you know, like typical New England, you know, white houses, brick buildings, lots of woods. Um, you know, I started, I started abusing alcohol when I was about 12 or 13 years old. Um, wow. It was, you know, I was always someone who snuck drinks from my mom when she wasn't looking when I was, you know, even younger than that. Um, you know, I'd have a sip of beer here and there, but I never thought anything of it, but there was, we used to spend a lot of time in the woods cause there wasn't a whole lot else going on around here. And when, uh, we were able to, one of my friends, moms bought us three cases of beer when we were about 14 years old. And I went out in the woods and I got trashed for the first time in my life. I drank like 10 beers as a 14 year old and I was just just wasted and I fell in love. Um, you know, alcohol wasn't something that was easy to get for me after that, just because of my age and just where I was, everybody knew who I was. I mean, everybody else knew everything. Um, so when people started smoking weed, I was hesitant. I was probably 15 at that point. And once I took my first hit of weed and I realized it wasn't a big deal, it was game on. Um, you know, and that was really the first thing that I abused heavily. And that continued for, you know, a handful of years. Um, you know, I found out at the age of 22, I was going to be a dad. Uh, so I had to go out and get a job, like a real job that paid and had benefits and things like that. And I ended up getting a job at the small utility that I still work, where I still work. I've been there 23 years. I'm a lineman for the electric company, basically. I build and maintain high voltage power lines and, you know, all manner of other things, which is inherently dangerous. And the culture within there, it's a very small utility, but I work with a bunch of 
hard work and swearing drinking men. And I always did. And that was just the culture. And I remember one of the first days I started, um, my, my boss said to me, he's like, Hey, I was 23 years old. He goes, so my main question for you is, are you an alcoholic? Or are you willing to become one? And he was half joking. I, actually, I think he was completely joking, but little did he know that I already was one. I was 22 years old. I was binge drinking every single day. Um, and that carried on till I was 38 years old. Um, you know, I, I managed to keep my job. A lot of the things that are referred to as yets for people never happened. You know, I never lost my job. I never got arrested. Um, you know, my, my relationships with everyone suffered, including my, my daughter. Um, you know, there was just a lot of things that I just wasn't paying attention to, to what was going on. Cause I was drunk every night. Um, and there were multiples of occasions where I decided where I needed to not, I knew I couldn't do that anymore, you know, and eventually, you know, I, I became a fish fan first. I think I heard fish my, uh, I was probably 16 years old. I was listening to metal and you know, a lot of Metallica and Slayer and things like that. And my friend's older brother played Junta for us or Junta or whatever it's pronounced. And I was hooked like immediately. I said, what is this? And, you know, I, we'd trade tapes, we'd find things. Um, like two weeks after I graduated from high school, I went, all of my friends were going to see the Grateful Dead in Highgate, Vermont. And that was my first introduction to the jam band scene. Jerry was still alive. It was like a couple months before he died. Um, you know, I showed up five hours from home on the Canadian border uh, with a hundred thousand people or thereabouts. I don't remember how many it was. And I was just amazed. It was this circus that was just following, you know, this band around the country. And I'd heard of it, but I'd never seen it in person. And, you know, from that point on, I was hooked on that as well. You know, uh, Jerry died. I saw fish my first time a couple weeks after that. And until from 1995 until about 2000, when my daughter was born, you know, I went to, I don't know how many fish shows. It wasn't, a, you know, not as many as a lot of people, but, you know, 60 shows up and down the East coast, you know, that was how I spent my time, you know, because there were people there who partied like I did. Um, you know, they listen to the same music. They, they had the same, you know, we're all the same age and we're doing the same things. And, um, so, you know, after my daughter was born, my, that relationship with her mother ended and my drinking kind of really took off at that point. And I'd actually stopped going to see live music for a period of 10 years or so. And, you know, I, I knew that, alcoholism was really rough on me and uh things were getting bad and I, I tried to stop and eventually I did I did a, a series of you know just random events just lined things up for me and I was able to quit and I, I joined my local um my local 12-step group and I was hitting that really hard too for a couple of years and then COVID hit and you know this you know, and those meetings shut down and Lauren and Jen started the, uh, the nightly meeting. And I think I was there on the second day and I've been going pretty steady since then, you know, never any more than a couple of days break. And throughout that, I've been introduced to a lot of people who I've really become close with, um, you know, and it's become my recovery is really circled around that. And, you know, there's, there's other yellow balloon groups that I'm part of, and, you know, we're seeing new ones start 
fired it up all the time. And, you know, this idea of the podcast came about and at first I was hesitant, but I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is way outside my comfort zone. So I should probably try it. Um, so here I am and, you know, thank you for having me here and, you know, thank you to Benji and Lauren as well. Cause you guys have been a big part of my recovery for the last couple of years, three actually. So, um, that was kind of rambling, which I'm, I excel at. So anyway, thank y'all. No, I love it. I love it. And, and hearing each one of your stories is so beautiful and thank you for for sharing that with me and and for with the listeners and that's one of the things that I really love about this group um as Lauren had said there's so many people that have a hard time realizing that they're still going to be able to go and see this music and enjoy doing this thing that they love and you don't have to go and and party in the same way that everyone else does and you know for me I stopped drinking in 2019 and a lot of that had to do with my show and my company and for me the two could not exist in my world anymore I could not go to a show and partake in the things that I was doing before and still be able to show up in the ways that I wanted to for my show and my company and my listeners and things like that. And so for me, it was, it really became a thing of these two things cannot exist in my world anymore and which one is serving me and which one isn't. And, you know, it's, it's one of the many things I'm grateful for with, with my show and and my company. I mean, there's so many, but that's definitely one of the the main things is it really made me evaluate the things in my life that weren't working anymore, you know, substances, relationships, and and other things. Um, so Benji, I would love for you to kind of go all the way back and give us a brief history of what Yellow Balloons is for anybody that's listening and just has no idea of where it even started or you know, what the, what the concept actually was. So take us all the way back to the beginning. Sure. And before I do that, I just want to say, I love the fact that you, uh, you know, start off with like, tell us a little bit about yourself. And we're like, have you ever seen the intro to the the opening scene to Saving Private Ryan, where it just jumps into like blood and guts and people getting blown up? That's going to be our intros. We're going to get right into it. Like (laughs) no, uh, no softening statements, just, uh, just, this is what addiction looks like. So, Um, yellow balloon community started with, um, some fans of the grateful dead in the eighties who were touring, uh, and they were in recovery, uh, and were looking for a way to, um, connect with one another and support one another. And the language that we use is, uh, you know, finding support in an otherwise finding traction in an otherwise slippery environment. And the idea was, you know, dead tour can be a rough place for somebody who's trying to not get high and drink. And so they, you know, they just started connecting and we're using the yellow balloon because it's easy to spot a yellow balloon in a crowd. Um, and they called themselves the Warf Rats and they had a couple of meetings. And within within weeks, there was like there was a crowd uh, and there were people who wanted to participate and they they had a very loose and informal sort of uh, structure, uh, but they were they were the beginning. And a number of the people who were at those initial meetings are still part of the community today. And it's pretty wild to see 
uh, that, you know, that growth and evolution. In the uh, late 90s, uh, you know, I hate the uh, the the passing of the torch conversation between the dead and fish because I don't I don't think that those are those two things are mutually exclusive. I think that those were um, happening side by side, if you will. Uh, but in the late '90s, uh, a lot of those folks were on fish tour and looking around and saying, "Wait a second, how come we're not having meetings here?" And so uh, the fellowship started. I believe it was '96 or '97. I don't know. I'm sure there's a historian who knows the exact date and exactly who was at that meeting, but um, that was, you know, that was the real next evolution. And between between that uh, between that happening and you know, I'd say the mid 2000s, um, there was a handful that popped up, and it was the Happy Hour Heroes for Mo fans, and it was the Jellyfish for string cheese incident fans and the digital buddhas for um the disco biscuits fans and i think that's it <clears throat> you know that was that was the scene for the yellow balloon community um and in two as i said in 2009 the happy hour hero started and i'd say in the last five years it's gone from like five or six groups to like 25 or six groups um and you know now there's sober fans of billy strings and there's sober fans of goose and there's sober fans of spafford and there's sober fans of uh green sky bluegrass and you know there's drive-by truckers sober fans and you know if you've got a band that you like and you want to start a yellow balloon community it's not difficult and there there are now professional sports teams that have yellow balloon groups i mean it's pretty wild to see the the growth and evolution but i think the important piece is a uh, we're not there to tell other people what to do. We're not there to promote sobriety or to discourage people from using drugs or alcohol. We're there to let people know that if you're looking for support in your sobriety, we're here um, to do that. And and that's you know that, that's what we're all about. And it's pretty amazing to be and Matt and Lauren. Uh, you know, we've all worked or hosted tables at shows and have had people come up to us and say. I'm not sober, but I'm really glad you're here because my brother, you know, has needed your help many times or, you know, my best friend has, you know, got sober with you guys. And, uh, you know, that's just a beautiful thing. Definitely. And that's something that I really like, too, is just helping people realize that they're not alone. That is such a huge feeling for humans as a as a whole, you know humans always want to know that they're not alone, regardless of, of what it is. And especially with something so serious and hard as sobriety and being, like you said, Benji, in an environment where it seems like everybody's drinking and everybody's partying and, and you're like the odd man out and it's really tough for people. And, you know, I've been doing the magazine for three years. It's crazy to think about. Um, but the entire time that the magazine and all the incarnations that it's taken, there's always been that submission from someone in the yellow balloon community. And that is the one feature in the magazine that I get the most feedback about. I've had so many people reach out to me and tell me how much they love reading these stories or 
we didn't even know this existed. And this is so great to, to know that now and to hear people's stories of what they've been through. And now they they're on the other side of it. I mean, obviously, sobriety is something you deal with every day, but that they're on the other side of it, and they're still able to enjoy this thing that they love. And it just brings that camaraderie together. You know, that's the thing that I love the most about it. So I'm just, I just, I'm so happy to be doing this with you guys. I just, I'm probably going to say that a hundred times and just keep repeating myself, but I'm really excited for this. I think we should give credit appropriately, not to me, but to Sean, uh, who's a friend of Lauren and Matt's as well, but our friend Sean, who lives in Las Vegas, um, you know, when you approached me about having the the Much Obliged contribution to the magazine and I, I did the first one and then I was like, this is a lot of work and I can't do this right now. There's too much on my plate. And I called Sean and I said, can you do this? And he said, hell yeah. And he hasn't missed a single one. And he's just, he's, he's done it and he's done a great job of it. So I'm, I'm grateful for him. For sure. And it's been a really great excuse to get to know him too, to work with him. And you know, I really love reading those every time he sends one. And it's so amazing to read everyone's unique story. And that's what I love, too, is that everybody's story is so unique. And, you know, my mom has been sober for 36 years. Mm-hmm. My second birthday was her last drink. And so I grew up in recovery with my mom. And so it was a big piece of my childhood and and my story, you know, with my mom and everything. And to kind of have that come up again in my adult life in this instance is kind of a really cool, interesting, like full circle thing for me. So it's, it's another really neat part of this. So talk a little bit more, you guys each did in your like intros about the pandemic. I know it was such a really hard time for everyone in in different ways and you know everybody has things to be grateful for from it and and things that maybe just you're not very grateful for. I was sober a few years before the pandemic hit. Okay. I am now sober oh a little bit over seven and a half years. I had a a, a pretty strict um, regimen of meetings that I, I went to on an almost daily basis, you know, in person. And that was, that was what my life after work life was, you know, I was, um, my daughter is now 23. She's grown, she's on her own. Um, you know, so I found myself with a lot of extra time after I got sober, I wasn't drinking anymore and I wasn't carting somebody around or going to softball games or, you know, all of those things that one would normally do. And I really embraced my recovery um, at that point because A, it was super important to me, but B, there was all of those other things that I had gotten accustomed to were missing from my life. You know, it was, it was almost like a really early midlife crisis for me. And when the pandemic hit, it was almost as if I was starting over. Because, you know, while I had the tools as a, you know, as someone with a bit of time of being sober, I was no longer able to wield them in the way that I was before. Um, They weren't all available to me. The people were all still there, but they were scattered. You know, there was email and the Zoom meetings really picked up from, you know, from the people that I knew. And, you know, it's... 
I hate to say it, but a lot of the people that I knew from my my home groups were um, old people. So <laughs> Zoom wasn't really that effective for them because it was a bunch of people trying to figure out how to work their cameras and you know the cameras were backwards and the microphones weren't on it was it was a whole thing it was kind of comical um but it was still serious business you know and once these other groups you know the the seven o'clock meeting in particular once that really fired up it it, it was a life like a um life raft for me uh you know I wasn't afraid of relapse or not, or drinking again, but I was afraid of losing all of the things that I had learned. You know, it's everything, you know, you need to keep practicing if you want to stay sharp. And I was, you know, I didn't want to lose that. And it that'll wear off pretty quick. You know, you can get distracted by other things, or at least I can. Um, <clears throat> so like I said, that was a real life raft. And, you know, I had mentioned earlier that, there were, um, you know, I, I used to go to fish shows in, in the jam scene, you know, not just fish, but um, because everybody drank and partied like me, you know, they were like me in so many ways. And to find a group of sober people who were also like me in those same ways, you know, you, you said everybody's story is unique, but at the same time, you know, the, the underlying issues are almost always the same. It seems, you know, there's, they all, there, there's a pattern and, to find a, a group of people who were my own age, firstly, you know, who had similar experiences at the same time um, as me, you know, there's always someone saying, oh, I was at that show. Or, you know, I know that people, you know, Benji and I have probably been in the same room dozens of times, but I've never met Benji in person, you know, or maybe I have, and I just don't recall, but <laughs> it's possible, um, you know, and, and to have that available, the, to me and to us really to everyone you know and the best part of this meeting for me is that you know it's still ongoing and there are new people coming in all the time there are people who have gotten sober with within that group that we've we've all seen come in and stay and and learn and become sober and you know there's there's a lot of comfort when you can do a you know a, a meeting like this from your living room you know, whereas it's not as easy to open up sometimes in a room full of people. But when you're sitting in your own house, you know, you're not afraid to cry or to tell everybody what's going on. You know, I'm this is here. This is where I'm comfortable, you know, and it allows for a lot of um, openness that I would that I don't see in other places, you know, as say in an in-person setting. So. Lauren, I'd love to hear some more from you. Benji told me, and you mentioned it too, that you met your fiance through those meetings. So that's a very interesting kind of added perk, I guess you could say, from attending these <laughs> meetings. So, I mean, please elaborate as as much as you're comfortable with sharing. Talk some more about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, So so when... When COVID hit and, and we started that nightly meeting, I had uh, moved from California to Denver and um, I had a three-year-old at the time. And um, so I wasn't like, I had a lot of like, you know, acquaintances and friends in Colorado, but a lot of them still partied. And by, well, by all means, like, you know, I love them to death. Um, and I, you know, still love to like see music with these people. It wasn't what I wanted to surround myself with all the time. So I was spending, um, 
a, a, quite a bit of time um, alone and then, and then COVID hit and I was totally alone. Um, and so what I, I was really, I was really craving um, a, a sober community. And I remember just being like, shit, like now it's really not going to happen because, you know, we're in lockdown and, um, you know, who knows when this is going to end and it, you know, and there was a lot of fear there. And so starting that meeting was, it, and it was, it was honestly like an idea that came out of thin air and that manifested like very quickly, you know, it wasn't something that we had like had talked about or that we had planned. We were just like, we should, we should just do a meeting and see if people come, you know? And so we, we, we did, we posted about it. People came and, um, and answer to that prayer that I had, but it was not in any way, it did not look like in any way what I thought it was going to look like. Um, and, and, uh, you know, so about, about, there was about 20 of us that came religiously every night, uh, 7 PM Eastern. And we all became very close over those first few months. We were all friends. I mean, we were all pouring our hearts out to each other. We were all you know, leaning on each other to get through this, this very, um, unprecedented time. And, uh, so my, my fiance, Scott, you know, he was one of those people. So we were, you know, we were, we were friends and I considered him a friend. Um, and you know, we all knew each other by like, you know, um, we all had a mutual friend or two, you know, we all, none of us were really like strangers. And, um, and, I, I never in a million years thought that I was going to meet like the love of my life on that meeting. And it, and when we realized how we felt about each other, you know, he, he flew to Denver um, in the height of the pandemic. I mean, it was like late May, 2020 flights were like $40 round trip from Denver to Atlanta. And, uh, you know, he flew out and, and it was total love at first sight. It was like the total fairy tale story. And we've been, you know, pretty much inseparable ever since. And, um, it, it was just so out of left field and just, but looking back, it's like, it's like my higher power was so like, just had, was just responsible for all of that, you know, and it, um, you know, I don't take any sort of, um, you know, like it, it, it kind of makes me uncomfortable when people like tell me and Jen, like, thank you so much for starting this meeting. Cause it's like, we didn't do it. Like it wasn't us. It was definitely something bigger than us. And, um, you know, taking credit for it is challenging at times. Cause I was just like, dude, it was just an idea that popped into my head that we did. And that like really, really worked out for a lot of people in like a lot of ways. Um, but you know, it's has just been such a, it, it played such a monumental role in my life. I mean, me and Jen became, she's one of my best friends. She's going to be in our wedding. I mean, um, it was just, it's such a beautiful thing. And, and, and since the world has opened back up and since, you know, um, it, meetings have come back, you know, it, we still have this meeting. Like it's that special. Like we had meetings we go to, but this one is just, um, it's, 
it's convenient, like Matt was saying, but it's also, it's really hard to find that camaraderie, at least it was for me, in the rooms of AA, because, like, having the added, um, the added, uh, I can't think of the right word, um, you know, the fact that we are all in AA or NA or whatever we're in, but we also love live music. Like having like those two combined is, is really like the most amazing, um, like it's just the most amazing thing. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's been hard for me to find that in, in, you know, in-person meetings, um, especially where I live, I live in Alabama. So there's not like a ton of live music fans down here, but, um, you know, it's just been, it's been such a blessing and to be able to go out and work tables. And, um, I was talking about this a few, a few weeks ago, like my favorite act of service is working yellow balloon tables because, you know, people are walking by and they're like looking at you and some of them are like, what's that? And some of them, you know, can tell like they want to come up and talk to you, but they might not be ready yet. Or like Benji was saying, you know, we have a donation bucket and people come up and be like, thanks for being here. Like my dad got sober 10 years ago or thanks for being here. Like my, you know, my brother OD'd and, and um, you know, I love seeing that this message is being spread in this community. And there's, there's just, um, it's just, it's such an amazing thing. Or even somebody coming up and being like, I'm, I'm super high and I want to get sober. Like, how can I do that? Um, and the fact that it's now going into um, different um, uh, areas of the enter entertainment industry, like Benji was talking about. I, I mean, it's just, um, I really hope that the traction that Yellow Moon Tables has gained continues, um, continues to move forward because it's, um, the beautiful thing that a lot of people, um, like almost everyone can appreciate in some way. Yeah. And, and like you said, Lauren, that's definitely the biggest piece of it is, you know, even in, as I like to say, like regular life, even outside of, of meetings or any sort of sober something, it's difficult for a lot of people to understand people that love live music the way that we do. You know, that there's people in, in my life that don't get at all like my job. And they're like, so you, you talk about like a band and like the music and you, you like, you do what? And then you saw them how many times? And, you know, so just overall, it's nice to have people that understand that to begin with. But then, like you said, Lauren, when you are trying to be sober or just live a sober lifestyle, when you go to meetings and you talk about, oh, well, I went on a run this weekend and I saw, you know, four shows and they're all looking at you like you're absolutely nuts because, well, why would you put yourself in a situation like that? You know, they don't understand that you love doing this thing. This is your outlet. This is your church in a way, you know, and, and being able to still be a part of that. And again, that's like you said, it's another nice thing is people get it. They get why you go and, and see this band so many times and, and understand why you you want to be sober too so I love that and like you said the tabling at the shows so talk some more about that like how does somebody get involved with tabling is 
is there a certain number of years of sobriety that's required to table, you know, somebody that's a newcomer and they, they want to get out there and start being of service? Is that something they can do right out of the gate? Um, it's a great question. So for much obliging, each group has their own specific rules and, and, and formats. Um, one of the things that I really love about much obliged is, um, the seriousness in which the community and I say community like us on the on the on the sober you know side of it, as well as the band and the management and the you know the people involved on their end. Like this is not a you know ragtag group of people who are slapping together a, a, a meeting. Like they they everybody at the table takes it seriously, and you know people are are vetted and made sure that things are uh, people are taking their responsibilities. You know, I'm going to done, I'm done elaborate on that. I can only say that so many ways, but <laughs> essentially there's a one year uh, clean and sober requirement to host the table. Um, you know, one of the things that for, for years, as long as I've been involved uh, in any sort of yellow balloon, it's always been called working a table. And I always felt uncomfortable with that, that word, that terminology, working a table. Uh, and so for us, I like to use the term hosting a table because you know, it's it, the 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 job of the person at the table is to is to open it up and host and and be there and 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 open up the community. And so, um, you know, the only requirement to show up and be a part of the table is a desire to not drink or do drugs or get loaded that night. You know, if you said I got high yesterday, can I come to the table today? The answer is yes. And if you say I'm going to get high tomorrow but I'd like to do this show sober. Can I come? The answer is yes. Um, and we, we take that really seriously. Um, you know, last year at summer camp, um, as I was hosting the table, a young woman came up to the table and said, um, I've been sober for X amount of time. And my friend died last week of an OD and I want to celebrate her life. And so I'm going to get high with her favorite drug. I was like, okay. And she said, uh, do you have any testing strips or Narcan or anything like that? Because I just want to be safe in the way that I do that. And I said, we do happen to have some of that, but I can't stop you, but I'm here to let you know that you can celebrate her life in another way that that doesn't have to be the way that you celebrate her life. Um, we ended up talking for like 20, 25 minutes and she's like, well, you gave me a lot to think about and, uh, I'm going to take this just in case I do decide to do it, but you know, I'll let you know. And I've got no idea what happened to her. I hope she's safe. I hope she, you know, I hope she got what she needed. Um, but that's, you know, that's a big part of what we're there for. It's just that, that, that conversation of you can do this without getting loaded tonight um you know um the other thing i was gonna mention uh about the 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 online meetings the zoom meetings is when we're in person it's loud we're generally like in a lobby or in the back of a venue and it's really difficult to hear people and you know we can have conversations one-on-one -on -one, but when it's the the set break meeting itself 
99% of the separate meeting shares are the same thing. I'm grateful to be here. I wouldn't be with my friends if, you know, if, if I was high, like I'm, I'm glad that the table is here and I can't wait to see, you know, what happens next. And I remember, I remember the set list, like that's 99% of the shares uh, at the meeting. Whereas on zoom, both Matt and Lauren mentioned this, like we, we go deep and it gets real and it gets raw. And, you know, we've seen people deal with a lot of really awful things um, and, and deal with some really wonderful things and been able to do that sober. And we've had friends die and we've had friends get married and have babies and celebrate, you know, all sorts of amazing occasions. And, um, you know, the ability for us to, to sort of, do that together and and i think this is not well i'm not trying to promote or sell the 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 zoom meetings but you know i come from a world where i went to a specific fellowship a specific recovery group and all my meetings were in that recovery group and the literature was all from that recovery group and occasionally i went to some to a different fellowship but i stuck to to the lane that i was used to and there are people from aa and NA and OA and Al-Anon and Dharma and um, Refuge Recovery. And there are people who don't work a program who just want to be around other people who are sober and get some of the juju that we have. Um, and all that's okay and all that's celebrated and all that's applauded and all that's appreciated. And it's opened up my eyes to a lot of other ways of doing things uh, that work. And that's, I think, really one of the beautiful things, both for the nightly meeting and for the speaker meeting, you know, the ability to hear somebody's perspective and hear somebody's way of doing things and seeing how how they're able to, to do that very differently than the way that I did it uh, with most of the same principles. It's It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about your podcast coming to DATC Media, um, as I said in, in the very beginning, and I'm sure I've re reiterated multiple times how excited I am about this. And, you know, Benji and I started talking about this a couple years ago. And, you know, it's it's just like anything else, you kind of plant the seed and it's just not time. It's it's just not time. And and Benji reached out to me a little bit ago and was like, it's time. It's it's time to to make this happen. So you guys are calling it the Much Obliged Podcast, a Yellow Balloon Experience. So talk about the format of the show and kind of give us a little sneak peek into the first episode. And I would love for each of you to share what you're hoping this show brings to the community and also, like Matt said, it's it's going to take him outside of his comfort zone. So, you know, what you're hoping that you get from doing this podcast as well. Um, yeah, I can start. So uh, the format is going to be, um, you know, we're going to do an intro with the person uh, with the with that um, episode's guest, you know, so we'll, um, you know, chat with them a little bit about uh about what they had shared. Um, so we're recording these ahead of time and then we're doing the, the intros um, separately. And so, um, you know, the intro, we'll, we'll introduce the person, we'll talk to them a little bit um, about what they had shared or really, you know, um, anything that they, you know, think would be of value before we get into the meat of um, the podcast, which is them, which is a, it's a 
it's a speaker meeting. So they're going to be telling their story um, of, uh, you know, getting sober and, um, and, you know, what, what it was like then and, you know, what it's like now. It's a really, it's going to be a really cool thing. We're really excited about it. Um, and we're typically doing these, we're trying to do these with people that have recently celebrated a birthday. So, you know, it makes it really fun for, for them, uh, you know, a really cool way to celebrate. And um, what's so cool about it is everyone just has such a unique, um, a unique story. And, you know, there's people out there that don't resonate with, you know, one person share, but then they're like, the next person could be like, they told my story, you know, and, and now they're sober and living this amazing life. And so that's what's, um, that's what's just, what's so cool about these speaker meetings. Um, and I've been wanting to do something creative um, in the recovery scene for about a year now. Actually, Benji and I talked about this about, I want to say about a year ago. And um, as you guys mentioned, and I was like all in, but like we were moving and work was crazy. I had just gotten, you know, promoted to a, a new role and it was nuts. And um, so it wasn't the right time, but I was, I was very intrigued and, um, and my work is very technical. So I don't get to do a lot of creative stuff. And I'm like, I need something creative. And I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to do that. Um, along with, you know, it's, it's obviously focused on recovery, which is, um, a huge part of my life. And so, um, what I'm most excited about is, is like post about these speaker meetings uh, on social media and people are like, Oh dude, I can't come. Can I get a recording? And it's like, yeah, now we're going to have a place for you to specifically go with an archive of all of the um, episodes so you can pick and choose. Um, so I'm really excited to have it be a very accessible resource for people. Um, I'm excited for um, people to be able to, to share their stories to a wider audience. I think that's going to be really cool. And to continue to spread the message of you don't have to stop seeing live music when you get sober because um, so many people, you know, I know it's been mentioned a couple of times now um, in this recording, but so many people think that, that it's just impossible to be in that environment and stay sober. And, you know, all three of us could tell you that it's, it's very possible and it's even better than seeing music, um, drunk or high. I, I fully 100% believe that. And, um, so just continuing having a wider, um, network to share this message with, um, is the thing that I'm most excited about and to be able to collaborate with, um, with Benji and Matt has been super fun. And, um, and I've been kind of like manifesting a side project and, um, this is, this was it, you know, uh, it was a very, it was very divine. So thank you so much, you know, for, um, you know, for, for making it happen and for, um, you know, sponsoring and, and all of the, um, work that you're putting into it as well. Cause it's like very much appreciated that we can make this happen. Of course. And I, I love that you say that because it's, it's one of my favorite things is when things like that come together. And even when you're talking about the 
the divine nudge to start the online meetings. Like I love stuff like that. It's just, it's, you know, it's right when things like that happen. And the fact that, you know, we all were separately, you know, this is the first time I've met you and, you know, we were all separately thinking of this same thing. And then, you know, Benji was kind of like the, the link that brought it all together is that's how, you know, it's, it's right. And, and there's people out there that need to, to hear this and have this. So I just, again, I'm just so excited. I'm just overjoyed about this whole thing finally coming to fruition. So Matt, share, share your thoughts. So, um, I think I find myself in this, um, in a little, a, a little different fashion. Um, the speaker meeting that we're pulling the speakers from had been ongoing for a couple of years, you know, um, prior, basically early pandemic, it started as well. Benji started it. It was a Friday night thing. We, you know, we'd pull from a group of a network of people that, you know, that Benji knew really, I think. Um, and <clears throat> I guess it was two years into it. And he had approached me and asked if, if I would be interested in, in, in taking over the duties of hosting and, you know, finding guests and things like that, um, really acting as a bookie, honestly, um, a meeting bookie, not a gambling bookie. Sorry. I specify. I saw that look. <laughs> um, <laughs> you knew exactly what I was thinking. I sure did. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, um, I reluctantly said, yes, I did ask, um, you know, if there was any way I could do, you know, every other week or something like that. And I worked it out with, um, Andrea R who's not with us tonight. Um, she and I took over the duties for, I believe it's been about nine months or so. Um, you know, and we worked to get it together and, and keep that meeting going because it really was again, another life preserver. Um, you know, it was what else early on, it was like, everybody had a lot of time because there was nothing to do on Friday nights. And we were just kind of ongoing with that. And it, it morphed into this, which is really, really cool. Um, you know, the best part is that, you know, this network that uh, for myself, anyway, I'm, I'm meeting all kinds of people that I never would have met before, um, you know, through this, this meeting, this meeting today, the other meetings, I mean, there was a night, I guess was, Last week, sometime I met up with four of the people or three other people from um, our regular meeting who live fairly locally that I would never have met. You know, when we went out, we had dinner and caught a show, all four of us sober and just hanging out in um, Southern Vermont. And it was awesome. It was just really, you know, and they're people that I've met in person a handful of times, but, you know, we know each other so well by now. It's just like, it's just a cool add on. Um, and hopefully for me, you know, with this podcast, you know, with the continuation of that speaker meeting and um, turning into a podcast that, that that's going to broaden that net, you know, there's going to be more people. I'll open that network up further for myself and for, for others too, you know, the ones that are, you know, I think Lauren mentioned every night, somebody will say, you know, we've got a whole bunch of side group chats and like, Hey, is there any way I can I can hear that meeting. I can't, I can't be there tonight. Can I, did anybody record it? Can you share the file? So on and so forth. And to have that, you know, like Lauren said, be um, available on demand to people. It's just, it's really fantastic, you know, to get that message out there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Benji. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think that, um, 
there's a there's an expression that I use in business a lot that I stole from Dan Gilbert, who started uh, Quicken Loans. Uh, but um, ideas are applauded and execution is worshipped. And you take a look at like you know Lauren and Jen and it like Lauren said it was like a it was like a you know hey here's a crazy idea let's do it and then it just happened it, you know and and they did it um, and same thing with the Friday night and Sunday night meetings you know we said okay this is what we're gonna do and then we just executed um, with this we're sort of building the plane as we're flying it you know this is a conversation that Sarah you and I had a year and a half ago and we're like this would be something that would be kind of cool and then Lauren brought it up I think it, it might have been like not even a couple of weeks later like it was really around the same time and we threw around a bunch of ideas and said okay well if we're going to do this we, we want to do it this way we don't want to do it this way and it was really it was a, a slow moving process um, as we formulated what we knew what we, we wanted and what we didn't want. It wasn't this immediate, let's just go do it. And part of that is making sure that it came off in the same professional, first class, sharp, you know, well-executed um, end product that we think is, is important. But, you know, I'd, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that while we're pooling, not we're pooling, we're pulling from the uh, Friday night speaker meeting. That Friday night speaker meeting is something that has had a lot of hands uh, involved. And in. I mean, going back to, I think, I think the speaker meeting started a week after the, the, the nightly meeting started. And, you know, if you're part of the Umphrey's uh, community you may know Erica B and she, you know, I, I, I called her up and I was like, I need your help. Totally Tom Sawyered her and was like, I, I, I think it'd be really cool if you hosted this meeting. And, and she did for close to a year. And then she was like, Hey, I need to give up this service position. And I, I hit up another guy, David P who lives in Cleveland. And I was like, Hey man, I need you to take this over. And um, for a while, David, who's going to be our first speaker, and I'll talk about him in a second. He uh, he was doing the he was hosting the Friday night meeting, and I feel bad for him because he said that he would do it for four months, and during that, his four months was the Beacon shows, and so it went from having like twenty five people on Friday night to four. <laughs> and I felt really bad. It was, I mean, it was it, there was a couple of rough weeks in the middle there. Um, but we consistently, you know, work through that. And then as Matt said, uh, about nine months ago, uh, Matt and Andrea took over and, um, you know, this has really been a team sport, uh, doing this, this Friday night speaker meeting. I think the, the idea that we can take that speaker meeting, record it, archive it, preserve it, make it accessible to people in, in the, in the, in the long run is pretty special um because when people hear speakers it's very different than going to a meeting and hearing people talk about steps it's very different than hearing people talk about like this is what you should be doing with your life right uh the speaker meeting where somebody says this is how i thought this is how i felt this is how i acted this is how bad it was and this is how i was, I was able to find a solution and more often than not i'm hearing a complete stranger tell a story that i can relate to 
And sometimes I relate to it in two or three spots. And sometimes I'm like, Jesus, this guy just told my story. And everything that he said was a part of my story. And when I'm able to relate to that from a person who lives on the other side of the country and, you know, if, if it wasn't for the music and the recovery, we'd have nothing in common, but the music and the recovery is a lot, you know, that's a lot of, lot of things that we have in common. And so um, I think that the, the, both Lauren and Matt mentioned that every time we post, this is the speaker for this Friday night, somebody says, can you record it? Or I wish I could be there, but I can't, I've got another commitment. And so the ability to um, sort of open up that, um, that message to people who can't be there at Friday night at 8.30 Eastern, you know, uh, is going to be, it's going to be something special. And I think that it will also give legs to the other, you know, fan bases that are interested in starting their own yellow balloon groups. And they don't even know that terminology yet. Uh, I think it's going to give legs to the sports teams who are being uh, submitted proposals right now to have their own yellow balloon groups. And the sports teams are saying, what are you talking about? Why would anybody come to a, to a meeting or come to a table during an event like this? They're going to hear about it. Uh, and I think that this is going to open up the world. Um, there was just a post two weeks ago, uh, a guy who manages a venue said, forget the bands for a second we want to have a yellow balloon table at every event that we have at this venue and it was like it was mind-blowing i was like oh that's so obvious why why wouldn't every venue do this every time you know it makes so much sense and so i think that um hopefully this podcast gives a little bit more access to the people who are considering it you know here's some information about it yeah it's it's going to be exciting to see the ripple effect of of what happens once this is you know fully out there to the community it's it's going to be a very exciting thing um and i'm i'm excited to to listen to the episodes and and to bring it to the community um i would love benji for you to tell us where everybody can find much obliged on social media cuz social media is such a huge thing obviously um facebook group and I'm going to say too, Benji is the king of reels. So <laughs> even if you are not sober, um, you need to follow on Instagram because those reels are gold. And and it, it's just, it's what we all need in our Instagram feed. So please tell everybody where they can follow. And if you guys also want to share, you know, your personal social medias so people can follow you if you're comfortable go ahead and share that too but i definitely want you to share where people can find much obliged yeah so so much obliged can be found uh two places primarily if you look in facebook groups uh we're just called much obliged so it's facebook.com slash group slash much obliged um it's a closed group so anything that you talk about in there is private it's not open to the public it's it's a pretty it's a pretty special group uh we have a daily gratitude list and people post um we celebrate people's recovery their anniversaries and things like that people talk about some real stuff that it's a, it's a really beautiful group um there's and I don't want to jinx us so I'm even scared to say this out loud in public but there's little to no fighting ever which is pretty rare for a Facebook group um it's just a bunch of people being awesome um and
and and I'm really grateful for that group. That that Facebook group is a huge part of my uh, daily life. Um, on Instagram, we're at Jod Junkie, and that's J A H J U N K I. Um, I'm not a uh, spelling is not my forte, but I'm sure it'll be in the in the, sure in the link in the notes. it'll be all in the uh, descriptions and yeah. all the stuff when and, I link this and yeah. <laughs> yeah and and what you're referring to with the reels is um you know my personal Instagram page is pretty vanilla uh for business reasons uh you know I work in a fairly uh corporate world a lot of the people that I do business with have like seersucker underwear and stuff like that like they're pretty. <laughs> pretty white bread. <laughs> and um, so that Judd, that at Judd Junkie is a place where I can just make funny reels that are recovery related or Umphreys McGee related. And that's like the, the two main topics. And occasionally there'll be something else, but it's, it's humorous uh, recovery stuff and humorous Umphreys McGee uh, related content. And I'm now in the process of adding in content about the podcast so there's going to be a lot more of that in fact tonight i'm going to be putting up a reel of lauren introducing herself and that's going to be pretty spectacular she did a really good job with that and then matt's going to be in a couple days as soon as he sends me that video um <laughs> but, see his uh, face he's like oh yeah <laughs> he's like oh yeah i forgot to do that <laughs> um but uh yeah it's that's 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 the main places to find us and obviously at at 99 of on free shows look for the yellow balloons yeah yeah and you guys will be at summer camp also oh yeah yeah we'll have uh so for summer camp specifically we have the much obliged table uh which is on nonprofit row across from the merch tent and um look for the yellow balloons and the yellow table cloth and and whatnot and then we're also part of camp traction which is which is a sober camping community um and so we've got i think last year we had 15 camp or 15 tents uh or so um you know just people wanting to make sure that you know everybody here i'm sure has camped at a festival and, yeah. and and the debauchery is great but i also would like to get a little bit of sleep and don't want anybody vomiting into my tent which has happened yeah so uh, <laughs> we've we've all experienced that either on the receiving yeah. end or the doing it end i mean yep, there's yep, <laughs> yep, yep we've all been there yeah that's, yeah. that's why we're sure. here for sure and and by the way the the tablecloth washed up really nice and it's already in my suitcase it's the only thing i've packed from for summer camp was like i have to make sure that i take the tablecloth back and so, ride so, safely so lauren and lauren and matt just <laughs> to color to fill in the lines at the last Humphrey show the guy who was hosting the table texted me and he was like hey man the tablecloth is looking pretty rough somebody should probably wash this and I was like wait a second Sarah's at the show and she's going to be at summer camp and I texted her I was like hey can I ask you for a favor and she's like limited capacity since I'm on tour right now and I was like all I need you to do is grab the tablecloth wash it and bring it back she's like no problem so for summer camp we will have a fresh and clean good smelling tablecloth my mom just was funny for it to get dirty all over just, again yeah just, just for it to get dusty from summer camp <laughs> again well and I had taken it out of, of the dryer and everything and I came into the living room and it it's been really great because my mom 
you know, she knew of Umphreys and she knew this was like my life and, and whatever. And when I moved in with her last year, um, I introduced her to the much obliged group and she thought it was a really neat thing that, that there was this group of people that were sober and still doing the shows and everything. And she was, she actually shared in a speaker meeting, um, before, which was a really special thing again, you know, with my mom being sober most of my life and kind of having another full circle thing for her to come and share her story among these people that are, are my friends and stuff. And so I had washed the tablecloth and I brought it into the living room and I'm like, can you help me fold this? Cause it's so big. And she's like, Oh my God, I'm touching the tablecloth. Like, I feel like we should, should we fold it like the flag? And I'm like, no mom, it's okay. Just like fold it regular. It'll be okay. She's like, can I like wrap myself in it and take a picture? She was so funny. I'm like, I hope she did. We didn't, but we'll do it now. It was like, I don't do know. It. Maybe. Absolutely. I'd okay, love, I'd will. love to see that. We'll do it. We'll definitely do it. That'll be fun. So is there anything else that anybody wants to share before we wrap it all up? Matt's like, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, just again, like just so excited to finally have this happening and um, to be able to, you know, share the message of recovery and, and yellow balloons. It's just, um, it's a really special and beautiful thing. And so, yeah, just thank you again, um, you know, for providing the the space for that. Of course. And I'm, I'm grateful that my, uh, my company has grown to the capacity where that can happen. You know, I was just talking about this yesterday and, um, it, it was in regards to actually like photographers that I've been able to give a platform and a chance to, to go to shows that I'm not going to be at. And they've been able to do coverage, you know, for the media company, but it gives them the opportunity to not only have experience taking concert photos, but then it gets their name out there. And I'm able to use the platform that I have built to put these photographers names out there that otherwise are just, you know, don't have that platform or, whatever to get their work out there. And this is another thing that I love about this is it's, I'm grateful that I have that to do this for you guys too. It's just, a, it's a really beautiful like thing all around. So again, I'm excited. And this was such a pleasure to meet you, Matt and Lauren. Um, I'm excited to work you with well. you guys. Yeah, you too, sir. Thank you very much. Of course, of course. Benji, any last words? Just that we appreciate you giving us a platform to do this. And, um, you know, the, the Umphreys community is really a special place uh, with special people. And I'm sure every fan base believes that their fan base is the best fan base in the world. Uh, and they're supposed to, but the Umphreys community really does have, uh, you know, a special a special group of fans. And yeah, I see that from the, from, from the hosting the table perspective, whether it's a fish show or a goose show or a dead show, as we mentioned earlier, like somebody always comes up and says, you know, my dad got sober and my brother got sober. I'm glad that you guys are here, but the Umphreys fan base really embraces us and appreciates that we're a part of the scene and are on the scene. And it's, it's really special. And, you know, I'm glad that you're here representing and giving us an opportunity to do so. Of course, of course. And if you guys need anything, um, Benji knows how to get you in contact with me. So don't ever hesitate to reach out or 
or share any ideas or anything like that. I love to hear them. So, and as Benji, you'll be like, I have a crazy idea. And I'm like, uh, you know how I love crazy ideas. So <laughs> definitely keep that in mind. Yeah. I'm always here for the crazy creative. Like I have this crazy idea. Tell me if it's possible. And I'm like, yes, it is. Let's do this. So <laughs> awesome. all right. Well, this is really great guys. Thank you so much for your time. Cool. Thank Thanks you. so much, Sarah. Great yeah, to meet you. you. Yeah. And happy Mother's Day, Lauren. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Have a great rest of your weekend. All right. Thanks, we'll see you. you too. Yeah. Thank Bye, you. Bye, guys. All right. Well, that's everything for this week of the show. Huge thank you to Matt, Lauren, and Benji for joining me. I'm so excited to have the Much Obliged podcast be a part of DATC Media. I'm so excited to bring this amazing show to the community. And I'm really looking forward to working on this with Matt, Lauren, and Benji. There are a bunch of links in the show notes for anything mentioned throughout this episode, as well as where you can find Much Obliged on social media. Also in the show notes, details for how you can support DATC Media on Patreon and check out the first few episodes of the new member-exclusive mini-series, We've Come So Far. And a quick shout-out to Joshua and Mitch for their generous monthly contribution. You guys rock. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.